all the Cardinals fans. For the ones who rep the bird game. Bird game. Bird game. This, this is, 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 is kickoff in the valley. Now here's your, now here's your host, Tyler, Tyler Vazquez. Tyler Vazquez. That is correct, my friends. It is Kick Off in the Valley podcast. Well, I'm the voice of the bird god, Adam Warnbeck, but only the table setter for the man, the myth, the legend, one Tyler Vasquez, leader of the Bird Gang Travel Club. How are you, sir, after we took a little bit of a hiatus, breathing room as the season concluded and too much playoff action was happening to really tolerate for the Arizona Cardinals You know, bird god, I don't know if I'm well-rested or if I'm just stressed out from all the other side conversations I've had about this organization over the past uh, hiatus that we've been on with friends and uh, just everybody about the Arizona Cardinals. So here's the funny thing, because so for me, that was kind of my first question. So today we're going we're gonna to dive in on the head coaching candidate list has gotten refined. We've talked a lot about Sean Payton. We know that it's the hot name on every Cardinals fans list, but there's other guys who have gotten second interviews. Looks like it's getting refined down. Okay. There's also a couple other things around DeAndre Hopkins and trading value, along with just reiterating where the compensatory picks sit and what the Cardinals are going into underneath their new GM. But my first thing was like, you hired the new GM. Shouldn't that be the breath of like the sigh of relief for the fan base? The owner has done something different. He's wiping away the head coach, wiping away the GM trying to go in a new direction is that not the sentiment from the fan base that like hey we have a chance to really turn this thing around or is there still this this angst about yeah but tell me who the head coach is yeah but tell me what the draft class is is there still a lot of that for this fan base i think there's still a lot of that just because up until today at the point of recording about an hour ago no coaches no teams have hired anybody so yeah. now Frank Reich hired by the Carolina Panthers. They have officially the first domino has fallen in the coaching search around the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I, I think fans are like, yeah, but <laughs> this is great. Your first step. So first step was fire Cliff, fire Kime. Second step was hire from the outside. Don't hire internally. They've done that with Mr. Monty Asifort. Uh, as our new GM. And then, which we haven't talked about, they hired an assistant GM, Mr. Dave Sears. Yes. Uh, which uh, I'm looking at a quote here from Chris Spielman, who serves as the Lions special assistant to the president CEO, says he's as a as talented of an evaluator uh, as there is in the NFL. So oh. um, pretty, pretty big, pretty big compliment for our new assistant GM. So now you've got two guys in place to fix your drafting problems that you've had and and maybe free agent signing problems and trade, you know, we've done pretty good trades, but you know, you look at those things, all all elements of personnel, you now have people in place, but the, and, but to answer your question is, yeah, but who's still going to coach this team? Who's going to get the best out of Kyler Murray? Who's going to get uh, Isaiah Simmons to the next level? Mm -hmm. Who, who are going to take these top draft picks that you've made over the past few years and save them? Uh, because that was been the knock is our drafting and, and getting the most out of these guys. And by the way, so um, so there's one thing I think that benefits you in hiring David Sears and just hiring an assistant GM in general, but they had worked 
uh, Ozenford and he had worked together in the early 2000s with the Texans. He had been with Detroit since 07 and was the director of college scouting since 2019. The director of college scouting, I think, is critical. When you're talking Mm -hmm. about resetting an organization, you hire a GM. But this GM has the head coach to get into, contracts to think about. The draft coming up, like, you know, big picture stuff, high level stuff. You very much expect him to be down in the dirt when it comes to where are you going to go in the draft, free agents, et cetera. But it's good to have a guy that has been as entrenched at the college level and looking and scouting like David Sears has been for the Detroit Lions, because it does take it takes an element off your plate, at least in the early days. Right. Hey, I have to figure out the head coaching situation. You can go ahead and hit the ground running on what we're going to be looking like as we work our way towards that draft class. Like, I think that that's a smart move as well. You can make mistakes even in hiring a quality assistant GM that doesn't necessarily have that same background that you can take a little bit off your plate. To make my fellow Cardinal fans feel even better, I will tell you, I had a phone call with someone last night that is very entrenched with front office and and the people that are in the organization. And to a fault, maybe a little biased to Uh, the old regime, right? But he did say, and, and, and it made me feel good because I could tell that this individual, when, he, when I'm talking to him, you know, he's not a big fan. He wanted them to stay internal. He wanted them to maybe promote like a Quentin Harris or an Adrian Wilson or, you know, the, he, he felt change needed to be had, but it, it wasn't this drastic. He said within his contacts in the scouting department, the key quote was, we've learned more in 48 hours than we have in, in years with uh, the new GM, Monty Ossenfort. Uh, Ossenfort. I'm going to mess up his name. I know. I'm going to say Ossenfort a lot, by the way. Just yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen all the time. Uh, so with our new GM and assistant GM, they've said they've learned an immense amount in, in such little time. So already you think that we're making steps in the right direction based on the moves that have been made. So let's stay on the the hirings, the turnover here, the head coaching piece of it. So it was about an hour and a half, two hours ago when we were just texting the final rundown for the show and we were going to cover. And Frank Reich was among the coaching candidates that potentially was going to be a fit for the Cardinals. I'm going to go ahead to your point and give the Cardinals fans, I think, a little extra boost around why maybe you dodged a bullet in the hiring of Frank Reich or wanting to be in that potentially. Because one of the questions I was going to pose to you around him was, We know how his tenure went with the Indianapolis Colts, bringing in QB after QB. And a lot of veteran guys, obviously Matt Ryan was there, obviously Carson Wentz, who has been a shell of whatever he once was way back when with the Eagles. But I know that that Frank Wright is a great QB coach, and that's how he's regarded in the league. But one of the things that you know coming in too is, what is the relationship going to be like with Kyler Murray? And if we know that a player like Carson Wentz was not a locker room guy, was not a real leadership guy, and was not someone that you could trust to anchor and lead the offensive side of your football, be a leader on the team. I think that Kyler Murray needs some of that guidance from the head coach. And we we had talked about going back to probably our last or two episodes ago around Brian, Brian Flores' candidacy and saying, hey, you want a guy that's not going to take any nonsense from his QB? Brian Flores will be that guy. Frank Reich didn't seem to have that ability to get the best out of Carson Wentz and to really get him focused in. Now, Carson Wentz has not been a good quarterback in recent memory, but I would have had at least a little bit of concern putting Reich in the room with Kyler Murray, knowing that Kyler Murray is a guy who seems to have his own his own personality, his own demeanor, and his own desires about what he wants to do when it comes to Sunday football. 
Yeah, I mean, everything I, I also read on Frank Reich, and I'm not a studier of offenses by any means, especially ones that aren't my own here in, in Arizona, but mm-hmm. everything I read about Frank Reich and his offense in Indy, like, it, it just doesn't mesh with what Kyler does, like, more under pocket quarterbacks. Now, yeah, we, yeah, we all want under center from Kyler. Don't get me wrong. We want to see more of that. We want to see, um, you know, play action a lot more, mm-hmm. the rollouts. We, we would love to see that. that. That has been non-existent for the most part. Uh, during Kyler Murray's time. So, yes, that would be a positive. The only thing with Frank Reich that I think would have been another positive is he is an offensive-minded quarter, or offensive-minded coach. When you sure. look at the Cardinals' list, and I don't want to go through all seven, eight names of people they've interviewed, but I think it's like six to two. Sean Payton and Frank Reich are the only two that are offensive, and the rest are all de- defensive coordinators. And so, and from the defensive side, there's usually a little more discipline they, they mm-hmm. hammer discipline a lot more uh than the offensive side right like a lot of no-nonsense guys when you look around the league that are defensive-minded head coaches so you had then inside of that coaching list the guy that's been in now is gonna be coming in for a second interview with the cardinals is dallas cowboys defensive coordinator dan quinn who remember going back a year ago there was a real buzz around him then he wanted to stick with uh dallas obviously and did not do himself any disservice by staying there really having a lot of weapons and having that defense. I think they had 58 total sacks in the regular season, and I think that was second behind really the, the, the pace or almost historic level with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles who had 75 over the course of the season. So you know that his resume is strong. But to your point, he was now talking about ex- coaching experience back with uh, Matt Ryan in Atlanta from 2015 to 2020. We you know that he has head coaching experience as well. However, his, have you ever seen his staff during the year they went to the playoffs? It's come up a lot over the last couple of days. Oh, yeah. The second no, interview was on. yesterday. They had Mike McDaniel. They had Kyle Shanahan. I knew Shanahan was there, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else. I, I mean, the, the staff was just low. It was like an all-star team of, of coaches. <laughs> and so, yeah, with those guys getting hired off to other places, you know, maybe the well, fallout years weren't wasn't the best for him, but. And here, and here's kind of the funny thing, because like, you bring that up, and it actually makes a lot of sense. As I'm going to try to pull up that full staff in the background here too, because now you've piqued my interest. But that was going to be the question: was so you, okay back when he was in Atlanta, you see a lot of the great minds that came off that staff and went other places. What usually happens when you have a defensive-minded head coach, then you look to bring in a really strong offensive coordinator. The problem there is that a year from now, they get you could they potentially be sitting there saying. Yeah, looks so good. Love to have him come do it for me, right? So, do you does that does that weigh on you when you think about these candidates? Or ultimately, I always tend to lean on you put the trust in the GM. They're going to hire the best guy, et cetera, et cetera. But from a continuity standpoint, you'd prefer your head coach be the guy if you are saddled with Kyler Murray, for better or worse, to be able to say, "Hey, even if our offensive coordinator leaves after a year." It's the head coach that set the style, the, you know, the structure we have in place, and he can go ahead and feed the next guy and feed the next guy. Does that weigh on you if Dan Quinn is emerging as a real candidate to get this job? Yeah, big time, because nice. you got to solve this Kyler Murray problem. Like, that's right. another part of the step here of the dominoes, right? Like, we said we're on, like, step three right now. Well, the, the last final key step here to making a winning uh, format for, for the Arizona Cardinals organization is – fixing Kyler Murray and fixing this offense. So if you bring in, I think of Alex Smith, how many offensive coordinators do he went through like three or four in four years? Yeah. Um, Oh dude. Can I derail this podcast completely? You you said Alex Smith. He has been 
I, I, I've said this historically. I always say that like Alex Smith is the most underappreciated quarterback for what he could have been yeah. if he had received a level of consistency throughout his career. And he ended up being, he's there. They bail on him midway through. They go to Kaepernick. Then he goes to Kansas City. He's there. They bail. They go to Patrick Mahomes. And, and you get it. And you see those young talents and you know mm-hmm. that they're good. But there is this world where I, I always say that I'm like, dude, Alex Smith could have been regarded as like one of the maximized his talent and took a lot of teams on a lot of really successful runs, if not for a couple of key situations. So Yeah, but that's where I think of Kyler Murray now, like consistency. That's what he needs going forward is some yeah. consistency. So if you do hire a defensive coordinator as a head coach and now you get a good offensive coordinator that maybe helps fix Kyler for a year and then they leave, <laughs> you're back to square one again. So, so- – um, quickly on this too, underneath Dan yeah. Quinn, because I want to make sure we get it. Dan Quinn was the head coach when they go to the Super Bowl. Raheem Morris was the assistant head Raheem coach Morris. and wide receiver that was coach. The one I was missing. You also had Kyle Shanahan as you said, offense coordinator. Matt Lafleur yeah. was the quarterbacks coach. Oh, Mike Lafleur was the offensive assistant. Mike McDaniel also an offensive assistant. Um, yeah. and they also had Chris Morgan offensive line. I don't know why that rings out to me, but that could be another one I would check in on. And you have other guys like throughout the rest of their list too. When you talk about the defensive side. Um, Brian Cox was there as the defensive line coach. There's a handful of dudes that, and by the way, um, the NFL, they always say as players, it's a fraternity. It is as well for, for coaching staffs, right? You can travel around the league a lot, but there's probably to your point, five, six names there that all went on to have the next level of success in their coaching careers. So, um, maybe that bodes well, but they will also potentially, uh, move on in that capacity. Um, where do you stand before we move off of head coaches? Just where do you stand right now? Dan Quinn's getting the second interview. We know that Brian already Flores had has the connection. What? Dan had. Quinn already yes, had sorry. it. Yeah. Had, had, had it yesterday. Interview. Yeah. yeah. Um, um you know, well, we know so, Flores has the connection and then we know yeah. Peyton is looming. Where do you, where do you stand right now? Would you be comfortable with any of those top three potentially? Here's the vibe I get. So when you talk about the last seven days, sure. my, we, when we look about 14 days ago, it was Sean Peyton or bust. Then over the last seven days, it's now been Sean Payton, the dream is dead. It's not happening. And in the last 48 hours, (laughs) now it is all roads for Sean Payton lead to Arizona or back to Fox. Like Carolina, one of the suitors, now gone. Houston, it sounds like they're going to hire D'Amico Ryans. It sounds like that's almost destiny. Mm -hmm. So Denver, apparently there was a bad, and I'm reading it here, um, apparently in the interview with the Broncos – Peyton likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson and having uh, that defense, but fears the potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group. That was from Ooh. Mark Maskey, NFL reporter of the Washington Post. Don't, I don't know Mark. I don't know how credible he is, but it's quite a report, to say the least, uh, that he had an issue in the Denver Broncos. And it looks like Denver's pivoted and moved on. I mean, it doesn't look like they're still in on the Sean Payton race. So that's when I say all signs point to Sean Payton in Arizona or Fox going back to Fox uh, as an analyst or commentator, whatever you want to call him, right. personality. He, uh, I, I think where I stand today is this. I know a lot of fans want D'Amico Ryans as like the number two choice. I have stand firm on this. D'Amico Ryans, that dream, I don't think that's even a thought. Like I know the Arizona Cardinals requested permission. The interview got canceled before their playoff game this weekend. I don't think the Cardinals are that interested. I really don't. I think it's like kind of both sides. I don't think D'Amico's interested in the Cardinals, and I don't think the Cardinals are interested in D'Amico. <laughs> right. So, so ultimately, and I've not heard that from anywhere. It's just the vibe. I, if, if you're interested in somebody, 
you'd think you'd be on them like white on rice. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be trying to court them pretty quickly, especially since he's involved in the playoffs right now, all of that. Right. Well, so, there's, there's a little bit of this too then, right, for Arizona, where like the last thing you want to do, so take Carolina for the example. Maybe they were in on Sean Payton, but they have mm-hmm. the interview with Frank Reich. They like Frank Reich. They hire Frank Reich. If if you're the if you like Dan Quinn, any of these teams, if you like D'Amico Ryan, uh, to your point about both sides, like hey, if you want me, then I don't want to hear that I'm kind of being treated as the backup yeah. plant if you don't get Sean Payton. So I do worry about that for Arizona of kind of being like, yeah, Sean Payton, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. If not, though, if not, Dan Quinn, strong candidate, and that's why I'll be very curious now, having wrapped up that second session. If now maybe it is getting as close to like maybe it's Flores or it's Dan Quinn. And if push comes to shove, will you make that decision and just say, that's what we're going with. And at this point, it feels like it could be that not struggle, but the conversation between ownership and the new GM, the new GM has ties to Brian Flores ownership seemed to be connected to Sean Payton before this year even began. And that's what I wonder if if there's that dynamic of, I want to, I want to move forward with a guy that I believe in in, and a Brian Flores and Bidwell is, is, is kind of still tied to the allure of Sean Payton. And the rumor is that two things. One, it was reported yesterday. This came from uh, Ian Rappaport with his appearance on NFL Now. As of right now, it does not seem like there's a place for Sean Payton. We'll see, but it does not seem like there is a place in the coaching world right now making it seem the possibility that he could go back to the, the commentator booth, back to you know Fox, and then revisit in a year. And I tell you what that sounds like to me. I'll tell you what it sounds like to me, a bunch of BS. (laughs) Well, well, if you're a Cardinals fan, it may feel like BS. No, no, I'll say why. Hold on. He has the interview today with Arizona. So that report comes out yesterday. Does that not sound like the most leverage BS you've ever heard? This this screams Sean Payton put put out a crazy dollar about. You were hearing Chuck Pagano said $20 million. That's right. Right? Then it was the Saints aren't moving on from like a they want like two first rounders, blah 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 blah. So it was all these like trying to drive bidding wars and and kinds of stuff. And it seems like all the other teams were like, we're not putting up with this. And at this point, everybody and I would have to go look at a timeline of past years, but I feel like coaches are typically hired by now. Like this, this feels pretty drawn out. Like the first the first hire you I feel like made at least a week or two ago. Like, and, and it'd be now January, end of January, we're just now naming the first domino uh, with Carolina. It makes me feel like everybody was waiting for Sean Payton. Sean Payton played this bad, and now he keeps leaking stuff with his agent. And ultimately, their only play right now, which seemed like the best play from the beginning. Denver was only a consideration in my mind because of the money with Walmart and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the but Arizona from the beginning, in my mind, not being biased, I'm just saying he wanted to be in a warm weather area. He's got the third overall pick. He's got, you know, they've got pretty good talent on the team. They've got a quarterback. They've got a lot of the pieces that he would have. This all seems like in line with what he wanted, but he screwed this up all around to where now 20 million don't sound practical. And if he wants to be a coach this year, there's going to have to be negotiation. And I will tell Cardinal fans this as we record this at Thursday, just before 1.30 Arizona time, I think a decision on Shane, Sean Payton will be made today, worst case, in the morning tomorrow, that like we're, a report will come out that Sean Payton ain't going anywhere else at this point. So it's either back to Fox or he's going to have second interviews. But do you really need a second interview at that point? Like, 
And if you do, it's kind of like you're going to be married with that person. I think that's where he was going with Denver. So now that that's out of the question, I think in the next 24 to 48 hours, we have some resolution or the Cardinals hire to answer your question that was asked so long ago. Uh, I think we end up going Dan Quinn. I mean, I think, um, I think it's as long as Dan Quinn's available, I think that's the hire at that point. If, if it's not okay. Sean Bade. Um, so here's my, so here's my, my two things on it. So I've uh, two notes and then a thought. Mm, okay. I love this one. Yeah. So the first, the, the first thing about, about head coaches is when you go to playoffs though, if you have guys on staff, yes, you can interview them, but it okay. can drag out through the playoffs because depending on where they are and, the, the Giants were noted this year of, of denying access for interviews when they were going to that first round of the playoffs. Then they get it knocked out, and you hear Kafka going on interviews. You hear certainly conversations around Martindale, et cetera. So the, how these timelines shift, I think, is sometimes dependent on who the candidates are. But the one note that yeah, I'll but make is, is – Is there not to, – to follow that with that, yeah. and my question to you – don't I always feel like there's always been like reports though, like oh, oh once, yeah, there's always once the playoffs wrap up, the yeah. the New York Jets plan to hire Robert Sala, like like that already is like out there that that the, well, it's been agreed to, and that's what they're gonna do. And this is where someone like Sean Payton can put a wrinkle into that, right? Because every team wants to maybe have the conversation before they make the decision about where they're gonna go. So Denver still takes their still has the interview, right? They still go through the process before maybe they move on to their second and third candidates. So there's a couple of factors here. One is that by reports, Peyton, who stepped down as the state's head coach, uh, obviously going into this past year, uh, made the deal with Fox, the front office for uh, Fox Sports, reported in February that the deal was something reportedly to earn as much as $10 million annually as a, oh, what do we got? Arms are up in the air. Does that mean that something happened? Not something happened, oh. but... We're dating, baby. We are dating, and maybe we're going on, on, on the prowl here. Kyle Odegaard reports 10 minutes ago, Sean Payton has been on site interviewing with the Arizona Cardinals for much of the day per source. He's currently eating lunch with owner Michael Bidwell and GM Monty Austinfort. They're having a nice lunch here. They're they're Lady and the Tramp sharing spaghetti. You know what I mean? Like, this is great. This is good news. I got to make something clear. Because if you're not, if you you couldn't see this, Tyler throws his arms up in the air, which you would think would mean. (laughs) The thing that we already knew when we started the podcast is that Sean Payton was visiting Arizona today. So literally, Tyler just threw his arms up as if to suggest, watch out, breaking news. And the no, breaking no, news no, 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 just, just no. who's in the building is talking with the owner and the GM. And I got to tell you, it is a shrewd move from the Cardinals brain trust to say, if we're going to interview this guy for the head coaching job, we might as well talk to him while he's here. I oh, just here, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose a scenario to you, Bird God. When, when Miss Bird God, when you guys started, uh, d- before you started dating, how did that start? How, how did you guys start dating? How, how, how did you guys first interact? Oh, uh, we actually, we we, we had to do a dating app, as a matter of fact, through Bumble. Okay, yeah. but okay, in that dating app, what did you have to do? You had to talk, baby. And that's what we're doing right now with Sean Payton. We're <laughs> no, sitting down. No, no. All right, I'm going to be real I'm going to make, I'm going to use your own example against you. <laughs> that would be the equivalent of talking, of texting with my now girlfriend. And then yep. she shows up for the agreed date that we're going to go on. And when she <laughs> walks into the restaurant, I go, bada boom. That's it, baby. <laughs> Lock it up. She decided to come to the commitment that she made. 
<laughs> I'm just uh, here's all I'm saying is is I'm looking at the tea leaves on Twitter and fans yes. the buzz the buzz galore. It, there is buzzing and buzzing right now around okay. Twitter, the fan base. Everyone's excited. People had given up. They'd written this organization off for dead. And now the Cardinal vibes are back. Everybody's okay, back. So asking a few questions because I want the okay, fan base ahead, to be sorry. excited. And, and, and by the way, it'll be good for the podcast. But this is one of the, one yeah. of the tenets of good podcasting is wanting the team to make smart decisions and be attractive and interesting because it makes it more fun to talk about. So. Sean Payne getting hired by the Cardinals is, is the best case scenario for everybody, us included. And we know that the Cardinals think about the kickoff in the Valley podcast when they make decisions like this. But so my only my, my last little caveats before we talk about Hopkins and just run down this compensatory picks is one. I remember once upon a time when everybody wanted Bill Cowher after he after he left from the Steelers and year by year that he stayed with CBS. It was like, yeah, but next year, but next year. And what I think is if you are the Cardinals and you are the Bidwells and it's going to cost you $20 million, or it's going to cost you significant control or whatever it looks like, if you want it and you want to make it happen, don't get bogged down in a million or two here or a million or two there. No. Make whatever <laughs> it is. Because if he leaves the building and he goes back to the booth, I think it is very hard to pry former coaches, former guys that go through the grind. It's hard to lure them back in. Because Bill Cowher could have had any job he wanted for years. The Jets were talked about. Every The Giants talked about him. Teams out on the West Coast talked about him. Defensive mind, you want this guy, he's going to reset your franchise, all those great things. And the money is so good on television. And the relaxed job atmosphere is so good on television. It only takes one more season of not being on the sidelines and going through the grind for Sean Payton to go, you know what? <laughs> turns out Fox said they'd up me from 10 to 15 this year and from 15 to 20 the year after. And then it's bye-bye. So if you want them, go get them. Hopefully that's what we get more news on in the very near future. And by the way, this episode is going to drop very quickly on Thursday afternoon. If something breaks, you'll get it an, 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 as quickly as an updated episode as possible, breaking down any news. Okay. I don't know Let's if break. I can handle that. I may have a, have a heart attack if Sean's getting tired and, and, and this actually happens. We've ta- we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Andy Reid, always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, Peyton Manning, always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Here is our third big swing here as an Arizona Cardinals franchise of landing a coveted, coveted free agent. I, I mean, you could say J.J. Watt, but where he's at in his career, where he was at in his career at the time that you got him, to me, it's not as big as this. Like, this Sorry, is a big yeah. hire. My last thing on it was Sean Payton is the biggest name out there. Do you, should it be concerning when other teams make head coaching hires? Like if Sean Payton doesn't choose somewhere else, like you hear about Denver. Okay. But like Carolina going with Frank Reich, is it like, huh? Like, do you know what I mean? Does, does it give you a moment of pause to be like, is Sean Payton as coveted in NFL circles as, as fans perceive it to be, and especially as the Arizona Cardinals perceive it to be. doesn't make it, it – listen, the, the results are going to determine how you feel about it. But I do just have – it's a weird thing about the name has so much cachet right now. Have does, you ever been really bear that Arizona? Much? Have you ever been to Arizona? I, I have not. Uh, it's a dry heat, I hear, but I have not traveled to, uh, to that. Yeah, but, but – okay, have you been to California? I have, yes. Okay, minus the beaches – very mm-hmm. similar when it comes to weather, atmosphere. Sure. Now, just just follow me here. Sean Payton right. goes to sit down with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. 
weather's not the best few you know months out of the year if i'm looking at that job am i not gonna say you know it would take 25 million a year for me to come to come and be here in carolina your team's a mess the org's not been very good in recent years i I mean ultimately listen you know don't have a quarterback i've had a slew of quarterbacks like at that point I'm not too worried what Carolina thinks because I understand what we're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also, I'm going to trust, Oh man, I'm going to trust Michael Bidwell, the owner of this team and his um, experience as a attorney, mm-hmm. what was he, an attorney general, something along those lines, prosecuting sure. attorney, whatever. He can right. read people. He's oh, going to yeah. have, when they're having and the that track lunch, tells you that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's why I said, I go, God, he shouldn't be great at this. Uh, but yeah. Shouldn't you be better at this? He should be. Uh, we're, um, listen, yeah. we're at okay. lunch, okay? We're at we're lunch, lunch, maybe. Who knows? We're, maybe. We're... Maybe Bidwell just took his one shoe off and he's got that soft silk sock and he just slid it right across the, underneath the table there playing a They're little playing bit footsies. of footsies. So let's see. Let's see what comes of it. Everyone's very excited. There is a buzz. The other team I was going to throw buzzing out and buzzing. That's what's happening right now. My other one was just the Indianapolis Colts to throw out very quickly, just to really throw a wrench in it. Is that if you don't think Jim Irsay is willing to throw a bunch of money around, unless you're enamored with one Jeffrey Saturday, I'm just saying, which like, he is, if there's an opportunity to have a conversation, I'll put it this way. If you want him, don't let him leave today. Because if Jim Ursay all of a sudden peaks a little bit of interest in Sean Payton, I don't think there's a check too big that Ursay would not write. So it's we, Fox we, we, we... or Arizona. Okay. Fox in LA or Arizona. Those are the two destinations for Sean Payton. You can't tell me anyone else is in play at this point. That's it. And it's right. a matter of does Michael Bidwell want to open the checkbook? Does he want to dish out? Does Monty want to dish out assets to, mm-hmm. to, to New Orleans to get Me him? Too. Do you trade DeAndre Hopkins heads up to New Orleans for Sean Payton? Well, I don't think that that matters because I don't think because let's let's actually let's get into that here. Yeah, I get what I you're was trying to segue you there. I see. And it was a great job, by the way. And that's why Thank I jumped you. in. Perfect. No one, no one segues better. You're, you're you. if, if you could be uh, rented around town to drive people through. Phoenix, I'm sure that that would be the scenario because you are one heck of a segue. Okay. I was a mall, I was a mall cop at uh, one point and I rode one of those. You know what I mean? Let's not bring up sad things that are going to bum everybody out. You know what I mean? Let's I'm take just kidding. I was never, a, I was never yeah, a mall, mall a cop. But, um, but I do look, I do look a little bit like Paul Blart. But anyway. Uh, so the other, so the other thing is there's a couple of notes here. Right now, as it stands, just to remind everybody, the Cardinals are expected to get a third-round compensatory pick for Christian Kirk, who signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're also expected to get a fifth-round compensatory pick for Chandler Jones, who signed with the Raiders, and then a sixth-round pick for running back Chase Edmonds, who signed with the Miami Dolphins. Now, to go along with that, they traded away their fifth-round pick to Buffalo to acquire Cody Ford, and they traded around their, uh, away their seventh-round pick to the Raiders to acquire cornerback Trayvon Mullen. That combined with segue mentioned deandre hopkins so the latest Mm -hmm. report in terms of what could happen here is that uh, si.com's albert breer believes the cardinals may only be able to land a day two pick for hopkins and as the article very salaciously implies why question mark 
injury and age. He's only played 19 games over the last two seasons. He missed six games with a suspension. He's going to be 31. And when you sit here also with the 19, more than $19 million cap hit, all of which, none of which is guaranteed, excuse me, his cap hit for the team acquiring him would be just the salary. So you get a little bit there. But bottom line, Hopkins has a non-guaranteed 19.45 due and a non-guaranteed 14.91 million due in 2024. All of these things suggest that he will not be a member of the Arizona Cardinals. That's what the wind is blowing in the direction of. I don't know how much value he has, though. And whether it is the GM, the assistant GM, or the incoming head coach, I think you just have to accept it's about the dollars. It's mm-hmm. not about the assets that you're going to get back in return for him. And I don't think that the well, – your point about, I don't think that the Saints are going to be elated or – at the minimum, saying, hey, this is a one-to-one in terms of an asset value that they'd be getting back if you put Hopkins in. I mean, you can put Hopkins in. I don't think it's going to be a one-to-one. Though. When I look at the back half of the NFL draft dramatic year, good for you. well, when I look at the back half, uh-huh. guess who's going to be drafting in the final four picks of the NFL draft that could use a wide receiver? Okay. Because a Juju Smith-Schuster will be a free agent at the end of this season. And they've not replaced a Tyreek Hill. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to pick somewhere 29, 30, 31, 32. When you talk about mm-hmm. compensation for DeAndre Hopkins being a second-round pick, if you're picking 31st yeah. or 32nd, yeah. apples to apples there, you know, like let's, let's make it happen. So mm-hmm. I don't rule out a first-round pick. Uh, but I do, you know, it is both. You want the cap relief from a Hopkins if you are getting rid of him. Um, I'm sorry, you say a first round pick? I think he could, they could garner. No, a late no, no, late no, 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 no. Stop it. Stop you, it. No late first. I thought you were talking no... the back end of a second round. Not no, I'm talking back of the first. There, here's, here's what I'd say there are teams that might be willing to have those discussions. The teams that aren't going to have those discussions are teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, are teams, you know, I actually, mm. I now, the Buffalo Bills might be willing to have that discussion because I think adding another weapon, like a, a real legitimate, obviously, weapon, we, we saw how Diggs elevated the play of Josh yeah. Allen and made that team so much better when they first acquired him. Uh, Kansas City, by the way, they went out. They, I, I'm, I'm only bringing it up because I know it firsthand. They traded a three and a six to the Kadarius Giants Tony. to get Kadarius Tony, who was a first-round pick, and he's shown up in these playoffs for them. He's going to be that guy. There's no guarantee. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not, I'm not, on. Saying, I'm not saying he's going to be the elite number one, et cetera. But what yeah. I'm telling you is when you're Kansas City, you don't go to the conference championship of the AFC the okay. year after letting go of your number one wideout that everyone said, oh, my God, you're never going to live without him. Guess what? They lived without him. Guess what? Patrick Mahomes, electric. Guess what? what? They they are a system that can replace the talent. What's that? What if they fall short? What if they lose this weekend to Cincinnati and they don't make it back to the Super Bowl? And now we need a DeAndre Hopkins to get to the next level. I I hear you. I'm not, again, it's not not a terrible thought. I'm just saying that teams that are well-run and well-constructed they don't predicate themselves on giving up the monster assets. Again, they wouldn't have True. let Tyreek right. Hill walk right. in the first place. They would have done what was necessary to keep him, right? Instead, they said, no, we believe that we can replace him. <clears throat> and they effectively did. But by the way, that's not to say that there aren't teams that won't trade for him. But the problem you're going to run into is oh, if it's not a back-end team, 
you can't creep up into the 20s and say someone that no one's given up. He's a, he's 31 years old. I'm well, telling you right now, well, this is on, when wide receivers start but to fall off the cliff. You were just talking about comp picks. You're going to have eight yeah. picks now. What if you send Hop and a, I don't know, the fifth round comp pick or whatever, or yeah. I don't know what, what the, we'd have to look at the trade chart. But at that case, you could maybe creep into that late first round. I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe if you're saying a back-end three and you want to combine it with Hopkins to get a first-round pick back in sure. return, I could see that being potential. Yeah, yeah, So And by the way, and, th and that's a good thing to bring up. There are ways that the Cardinals can manipulate things. And what it'll come down to is, what does the back-end of the first round look like? What are yeah. the Cardinals looking to target, right? And is it worth it for them to go do that? Because one thing I'll tell you, and this is actually going to be an issue, I think, for the Cardinals, and a good thing to wrap up on uh, in a lot of ways, as you go into this offseason, they're going to have to look. If they are moving Hopkins, when you go and look at the wide receiver class coming out, it is not filled with guys like a year or two ago, right? It's not filled with the Devonta Smiths near the top end. A lot of projections are talking about you're going to get towards the middle, maybe towards the 20s before you really start to think about a wide receiver. And in the first couple of rounds, there's only two or three prospects right now, and a lot of things change over combine, et cetera. But that's going to be fascinating because the new GM and the new assistant GM have to be thinking about how are we going to replace this player and bring in a wide receiver underneath Sean Payton. Let's all go and assume it happens. And we're going to pair him with Kyler Murray and put together that new tandem, right? Like that becomes really yeah. critical to how this team has success going forward. So they have to think long and hard about the move they make with Hopkins and what they convert that asset into. If you're not getting a second-round pick, you're keeping DeAndre Hopkins. So if you and, don't at least get a number two, there's no point to trade him at that point. And He's by still, the way, if you're living with the money on the books, if you have to live with still having him and seeing how the draft goes for other teams, how free agency goes for the teams, it may cost you some more dollars in guaranteed money. But if it gets you the asset you want, in some ways, this is the funny part about the Cardinals. It's like, they need to be thinking about the fact that they can turn this thing around very quickly. They have a talented roster. And how do we make sure that over the next two and three drafts, we continue to have capital to go after the pieces that we want, right? So, like, you can take one a year from now. It doesn't have to be – not, not everything needs to be fixed in a day, right? So, hopefully, the, the Cardinals are thinking about it that way. But I hear there's, a, I hear there's a fancy establishment that wasn't built in a day. Um Here's the thing with Hopkins. Chuck E. Cheese, right? Here's the thing with Hopkins. Let's say you take him to lunch, okay? <laughs> with a Sean Payton and a GM Monty Austin for it. And you sit him down and you say, Hop, we want to make this work. Who says no? You know what I mean? Like, like Hop's back. So the only thing... <laughs> that I've heard that would stand in the way of that because I don't think it's a terrible thought. The only thing is that I've heard that he wants a new contract. I've heard that he's seen the money getting thrown around to wide receivers and he wants one more payday. That's probably the biggest thing that stands in the way here. And if you're if you're the Cardinals and you say, hey, we'll bump you up and we'll make it, you know, 20 and 25 over the next two years, no more additional years, but give us everything you got. Maybe that maybe that would move the needle, but I think you'd rather him be someone else's payday problem than your own. In that that would be my opinion. But again, name the other receiver. And by the way, 
There's no free agent wide receivers either. Another little tidbit here. Not a lot of free agent wide receivers no, coming up on the, in this class. He's a very v- valuable asset at this point yep. when it comes to what's out there in the wide receiver market and the draft. I mean, from everything I hear, that's not a great, it's not a deep wide receiver pool this year. So yeah. with that being said, say it. there was an organization that I respected a lot mm. because they would move on from talented players and just, you know, bring in new talented players through the draft and other places. Um, the new angle of Patriots. When, when a certain, hold on, let's not get to the climax. Yet. Oh, I apologize. When a certain player got to about 30, 31, 32, and they still were a valuable asset, but they wanted that extra payday, that mm. team decided, let's get some value. Let's ship out this player, Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. uh, to Arizona. We'll get a first-round draft pick in Jonathan Cooper, even though he's going to mm-hmm. be a bust, and uh, get another draft pick back in replace, and, and we'll move on because we have someone that can step in Chandler's place today. Mm-hmm. When we look at GM Monty and his pedigree and be, being with the New England Patriots organization – it just aligns that today is our moment or going forward is our moment of turning into that moving away from guys as they hit that age, Deandre Hopkins, and now replacing them with people you have in your system. The only problem is we don't have people in the system (laughs) that hopefully we will fix going forward. We did have a guy in the system. His name was Greg Dorch, but he's a free agent. Can't wait for those conversations this offseason. Two teams to think about if the Cardinals are trying to find suitors for DeAndre Hopkins, the Green Bay Packers. If Aaron Rodgers remains there, bring in a guy that he, you know, he's going to like the idea of having an elite number one. Also, why not the Minnesota Vikings, where Adam Thielen is starting to fall off a little bit? You have an electric young town in Justin Jefferson. Maybe you squeeze yeah, a little bit of juice out of D Hop and make them a potent offense. But can you pay both of them? Can you pay two guys like that? Yeah, why not? I don't know. You know what? I just, you know what I'll tell you. I've experienced from a franchise of being a fan of a franchise that was like, ah, they don't have the money. While other franchises like the LA Rams were like, bada bing, bada boom, we spend money like it doesn't matter. Like there's always more money somewhere. Some yeah, teams they, seem to have that ability, and some teams don't. Right. But but who are they? What two guys were they paying like that? You know what I mean? Like at that same position. See what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, I don't think we've ever seen a combo like that where a guy is getting like max wide receiver money and another guy is getting top 10 money. I mean, you look at the, the Dolphins right now, why it works is Waddle's on rookie contract, two is on rookie contract. Right, right. You got to bounce. And, and so you can have a Tyree Kill on big money and a Waddle. The, the, the Bengals right now, it works because they're all on rookie contracts or smaller contracts. Let me ask you a question before we go. Oh, ask away. Adam Thielen in 2023 has a cap number of 19.967 million. And I'm sure there's some guaranteed numbers in there. You know, same type yeah. of thing. Would, would you be open to that idea of feeling for, for Hopkins and you get a little something extra back, but it's not the same level? You know what I mean? It's a it's a fourth round pick with Adam Thielen. And you bring back in someone and you say, hey, we don't have the market, the draft, et cetera, but we're going to bring in someone that can still be productive. Maybe that's actually a route that they could do to help those things balance and make it more enticing for other teams. I like that. There you go. I'm an ideas, man. Let's do it. I mean, hey, but it all starts with lunch turning lunch turning into dessert today with Sean Payton. Wait to dessert? What happened to dinner? My God. Well, and you know what? Maybe, maybe it does come. Maybe lunch 
turns into some more meeting after after this. And maybe they're they're plotting the roster for next year. Maybe that's what they're looking at. And they're scheming this all up and da 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 mapping out the war room a like bit of dinner. Things are great. A little hot fudge Sunday. All the server sleeping over. Sleep over the bedwell. Come on. That's what's gonna happen. They're gonna go to dinner tonight. Then they're going to reconvene tomorrow to talk trade assets with the Make Saints. Boom, boom. Sean Payton's never going back to wherever he was. Actually, he'll go to L.A. this weekend. Then he'll come back. And, and yep, done deal. So, Sean Payton, your new coach of the Arizona Cardinals, signing up. Now, with that being said, uh, it's that, yeah, it's that time. Uh, he is the voice of the Bird God producer, Adam. I am the ever-eating lunch Tyler Vasquez with Bird Gang Travel. You can find me at Bird Gang Travel on Instagram, on Twitter. You know, go ahead and download this fine podcast and subscribe. Smash that subscribe button everywhere you go for podcasts. And you can do that by going to cardinalspodcast.com. But whatever you do, don't forget that we're having lunch with Sean Payton right now. And as always, kickoff in the valley. Foot under the table. Tyler Vasquez. We are the bird gang. Watch us soar. Fight, fight, fight with the victory roar. Arizona bird gang Cardinals cheer. Let the Red Sea rise up. We have no fear. Cardinals come.